Hello everyone and welcome back to Tulsa Lately, your favorite smokely based podcast. I'm your host Mike. This is the show where I go around and I talk to entrepreneurs, business leaders, community leaders, or anyone that's out there making a difference or just doing their thing in this lovely little corner of Oklahoma that we all call home. And if you're new to the show, highly advise that you go back and listen to some of them older episodes. I've talked to a lot of cool people. You're sure to find something there that piques your interest, and I would not want you to miss out. But... This time around, I spoke with Brandon Still, who is the founder and CEO of BS Media Company. They do websites and advertising and different stuff like that. But I, I and I wanted to talk to him because he really is what I would call I don't know if I'm making up this term or not, but a, a ground up entrepreneur. This guy, he really did start at the bottom and made his way to the top, you know? So. I wanted to talk to him about his journey, how he got here, what they do, and yeah, he's a fun guy. Honestly, I know him from a while back. I worked with him at a different company and uh, just kind of saw what he was doing online and was like, you know what? I want to talk to him. I want to. I want him to be able to share what he's been doing. So without further ado, enjoy. So I'm here at CTX Coffee with Brandon Still, founder and owner of BS Media. You want to introduce, I guess I just did introduce yeah. you, but why don't you finish off anything I didn't say, I guess. Yeah, yeah, no, uh, we're definitely here at uh, CTX Coffee in Sepulveda. It's a rad place, and you check it out. Um, but yeah, as owner, proud owner of uh, BS Media, uh, we do web development, web design, digital marketing, social media management, um, general digital marketing, so all that fun stuff, yeah. On the interest of open honesty, I do know you outside of this. You do? I did not just randomly, yeah, we used to work together but at a web you? development company where he was an excellent pro- where he was an excellent project manager. <laughs> yeah. And uh, was that... What what did you do before you got into kind of web development and stuff like that? Oh man, uh, Jesus, long list, long list. Um, like immediately before, I was a machinist. Um, worked at uh, like Metals USA and and Port City and uh, um, JR Custom Metals, and that that was in Kansas. Um, but yeah, just machining, lathes, mills, um, running laser cutting machines, plasma cutters, just working with metal. And, um, you know, that just got to where it was, like, monotonous. I mean, it makes pretty decent money, but if you're cutting, like, 8,000 washers out of a 20-foot sheet of steel, it takes nine hours for it to cut. You know, that's mind-numbing, boring. And so uh, I did that for a couple of years. and was like, yeah, I can't do it anymore. I, I got I to gotta go. I'm going crazy. I was going nuts. So did you go to school or something like that? Because I mean, you no, I okay. So I the only thing I've ever like gotten formal education on is uh, you know I got a, a little over ex, you know overpriced two year degree for uh, arts you know arts of science of art or something like that <laughs> something just whatever just ridiculous those, yeah. yeah just one of those but uh, college yeah it was degrees. like forty grand it was like forty grand for this. Two years, yeah, it was thirty-eight. Well, I mean, by the time interest and everything accrued, oh, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, it was like thirty-eight grand. Because you know, when you're getting your loans, and you're like eighteen, nineteen, and you're getting these loans for college. They don't, you know, they're like, yeah, well, you got, you know, they don't explain like subsidized versus unsubsidized, or yeah. they, uh, they don't, they don't say like, 
hey, we're going to, because, you know, it's not like you get one loan for $35,000. you are getting, like, a loan to pay for this piece of the two, you know, and by the time you're done, you got, like, nine loans, and then, you know, you got this loan for 4500 this loan for 9000 That's how that works. And so what they don't tell you is, like, well, yeah, two of these were unsubsidized, but the rest of these are subsidized or whatever, you know, so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, and, you know, my parents, they, they didn't tell us anything about, finances or credit or interest or I didn't, we didn't know, I didn't know anything about any of that. I didn't care. Um, I do know now. Do care now. Do, yeah, yeah, yeah well, I care a lot about interest <laughs> rates. <laughs> it's kind of hard to uh, it's kind of hard to talk to an 18-year-old about consequences yeah, I would not be have facing listened. in the future. Yeah, <laughs> anyway, no, I totally wouldn't yeah. have listened at it's all. It's pretty much the worst time in someone's life to get them to commit to a ma- I mean, I guess you I guess if you were trying to commit a 10-year-old to a fifty thousand dollar loan, that right. that probably worse. Right, but right. Eighteen's right. still pretty bad. I know it should be criminal. <laughs> it really should. It or at should. least, like you know, make the parents sign off too, so that the parents right. can at least you know have to apologize to their kids for getting them into that. Hell, parents are like, hell no. How much is this? Absolutely not. Uh, so, all right. So you got a degree that didn't do you too much good, and that was too much was too Dude, expensive. I taught but... myself on that degree. It was ridiculous. I had this Indian teacher for Java. So, so the only like. There was like two classes out of that whole two years that were actually computer-related. And was, I'm sorry, three. There was Java 1, Java 2, which I don't use. You don't use Java in web development at all. Hmm. And then I had a web design class. And all three of those teachers were like straight Hindu, like non-English-speaking, like Radeep from blah, 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 you know. And so, like, you couldn't even meet with them to get help. Like, they would send their assistants because they they hardly spoke any English at all, like barely, like literally, like, like it's not literally, just like oh, yeah, you literally, have, you have kind of like literally, an they would like, get up there and teach, and you were like, I can't understand a word this guy's saying. Plus, it's Java, which is a little complicated already, you know. So I have to learn, you know, the dialect, and then I had to learn. <laughs> so it was, you know, it was at that point that I was like, you know what, I don't want to pursue this outside of two years, and I didn't. So where did you learn your skills then, if it wasn't from... Well, man, I'll tell you what, me and my brother, my little brother, uh, we've always been on the nerdy side, right? Um, and so, man, I mean, we used to, when we first got a hold of a computer at my neighbor's house, um, you know, I don't know, I can't remember how we stumbled across HTML, but we did. And it was like, oh, wow, dude, we could do this stuff on the screen. And it was all tables back then, and... You know, it was really rudimentary, crude, like, you know, five-year-old with a primary color paint set, you know, oh, yeah, kind of thing. Of, but a lot of comic sans. Yeah, tons. <laughs> Papyrus. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> have you ever seen that SNL skit about Papyrus, the Avatar? Yes, where, yes, <laughs> where he's realizing that the yeah, Avatar he's like logo is... Yeah, stalking the dude. That <laughs> I love that skit. It's, it's awesome. Multi-million dollar <laughs> movie, and you use Papyrus font. <laughs> where she's like, well, you you know, they made a second one, and he's like, oh, so they fixed it. And she's like, well, uh, <laughs> starts his obsession no. over again. Mm. Anyway, but yeah, no, man. Sorry um, to anyone who hasn't seen that skit. Yeah, look sorry. It up. Go look it up. It's it, funny. P- just Google Papyrus SNL. You'll <laughs> laugh. It's awesome. Wow, yeah, I got us off on a little tangent there. That's, that's what this is for. Yeah. But, uh, no, man, I mean, we dabbled in it in high school. We thought we were freaking, you know, NASA engineers, um, you know, making little purple backgrounds with, you know, pictures of cats, you know, mm-hmm. whatever. And uh, then I joined the Navy 
and um, went in, became an electronic technician in the Navy, and so I got m way more into the hardware side of things, um, and then I didn't touch software or look at programming or, or web development, uh, man, for years to come. Um, got into that to the tech side of stuff and to the hardware side, you know, troubleshooting like integrated circuits and crap like that. And uh, when I got out of the Navy and came back, um, man, it was just uh, I didn't have a plan B after the Navy, right? So I had a wife, at the, you know, I got married right out of high school. I mean, everybody should do that. What are you doing with your life? Get married immediately. You don't need freedom. <laughs> but um no man but uh yeah got got out of the navy got back and was just kind of in this limbo state like you know what the uh i almost dropped the f-bomb on here sorry that's a, i mean if it happens it happens it's happened before but i was like what you know man like what what the heck um i didn't know what to do you know i was 24 like i don't i don't know what i would do with my hands you know i don't know so my wife really hadn't seen her family so we moved down to texas um, so she could be with her dad because me, you know, me and my wife had a similar story where like I was raised by grandparents and aunt and uncles and bounced around in foster care. Same thing with her, and so you know we got to be adults and we're like, hey, we're gonna go find mom and dad and see. And turns out, you know, both cases, mom and dad kind of douchebags, but <laughs> <laughs> you know we had to learn that. Um, and so uh, we went down there and it was a mess. The life just got crazy. Things spiraled out of control and. Um, we actually ended up separating for a little bit, man, and I came up here to Tulsa and just bounced around and worked odd jobs, had lots of side hustles, um, lots of side hustles, and uh, just bounced around, bounced around. Then my dad, man, came, was like passing through because he lived in Kansas, and he was passing through and visited, excuse me, <laughs> and he was like, hey, why don't you just come stay with me for a little bit? And I hadn't seen him in years, and I'm like, man, I don't know, because my dad's full-blown, like, if you've seen the movie A Beautiful Mind with Russell Crowe, like, that's my dad. He's got, like, an IQ of 219, but he talks to people who aren't there. Like, he's full-blown, like, bipolar, schizophrenic, with massive, you know, hysteria and delusions, and uh, he's fun, but he's also <laughs> dangerous. <laughs> right, okay. And so, and so uh, I was at a low point. I was like, screw it. Yeah, come on, Dad, let's go. And so we went. Uh, I moved in with my dad. And, man, in all honesty, it was the best, like, two years of my fear and loathing in Las Vegas episode of my life. Like, we just, uh, it was cool, man. Like, you know, now that my dad's gone, uh, those are, I, I hate that I went through that situation. Like, you know, the separation with my wife and like, right. all, the sh all the crappy things that were going on. But the silver lining is. Dude, me and my dad had some epics. So, like, I'll hold on to that forever, man. Like, hmm. it's, uh. It was so cool. It was. Mm. It, it was so cool. Like, we had I mean, bar fights and whatever. Like, it was, <laughs> yeah. Dude, I mean, it was, like, like it, it may, maybe one day I'll adapt it to a book. Dude. Like, it could totally be a movie. It was, uh, <laughs> I'm serious, man. We was wild, over the top. Just, <laughs> it was uh, It was nuts. But, man, I, looking back, uh, I cherish that part of it. So, anyway, dude, there... I decided to go to WTI, Wichita Technical Institute. Like, heck yeah, I'm going to go back and uh, get my degree in the electronic technology. I'm going to get my A-plus certification and network plus plus, all that. And so went there. Uh, me and my wife got back together. Um, there was problems because I'd been separated there, right, you know, without her for a while. And then we get back together. And so, like, all those people that I was hanging out with, you know, not with wife, now wife's back. 
stories. You know, it just wasn't it wasn't, it wasn't working. <laughs> I, mean, I so, imagine it's probably yeah, pretty hard to just yeah, jump. Yeah, you know, it, it, it wasn't working. So right we yeah. move. So once again, honey, I love you, but I just want for the record, I've taken two big ones for the team. We moved to Texas for to see your dad. Then we moved to freaking North Dakota to see your mom because you know they're Sioux and they live up there in the freaking cold and. uh yeah, dude, there's literally no. If you want to go to a barren, desolate wasteland, go to North Dakota. It's beautiful. There's pieces of it that's beautiful, but to live is, it's like another country, dude. It's like rolling back 20 years when you go up there. When you really? go up there and into Canada. Oh, yeah, dude. It's it's like like the town that we lived by. Uh, Lidger, uh, not Lidgerwood. Um, oh, Lord. There's Red Iron. Uh, Sisseton. Sisseton, Wapiton, name of town. Um, their movie theater hasn't been renovated since like the 30s. It was like the flip down desk, like was also doubled as a bomb shelter in World War II. Huh. Like it's like the but the whole state is like that. <laughs> like I'm serious. Except no, for Fargo, you. you go to you go up to Fargo. You know they got some. Oh, they yeah. got some cool stuff. That, and the, the crappiest thing about living there, man, there, there were some cool things, but the crappiest thing was that you're watching TV, dude, and you see these commercials for, like, Sonic, beautiful double cheeseburger. There's no Sonic in the entire state. You know, or, like, or, yeah, yeah. So you, they play commercials there? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Now that I'm in marketing, you know, I really need to talk to somebody up there. You're, you're <laughs> wasting your head spin, bro. Uh, but, um, uh you keep looking at the computer and it's making me nervous. I feel like we're... No, like, no, I constantly uh, am looking at the levels and making okay, sure okay. that stuff is... I'm like, I, I, I'm constantly I feel like looking I'm at things. Like a light I'm, I'm, my, I'm, I'm like, my, man, no. I am failing right now. <laughs> I am my own sound producer, so I kind of have to be listening to you and... yeah. I'm so. over here like, trying to get this cadence down with Sorry. you. And I'm like, man, I'm... Okay, am I missing? I'm trying to take hand cues from you. No, like, it has nothing to do with you. You're doing great. <laughs> okay, great, great. So when did you? But when did you officially like start learning the web development? Yeah, okay, so sorry, I did go up on a huge, you know, you can just say, man, shut up, let's get back on track here. Uh, but, um, you know, we, I, that's how I got into machining up there. I worked at, at a, a, a Bobcat building the front skid okay. steer loaders. Okay. And then um, there I started getting into G-code, which is machine code for, like, the, the laser cutters and things. Oh. Uh, so, cool. like, laser cutters and the machine, uh, the mills and lakes, you know, they all run on programs to, to cut out the parts and machine parts. And so I started learning. Sometimes you got to make, like, a master machinist will be able to go in there and freehand, you know, some G-code, make some on-the-fly adjustments. And so that's, like, like, that's really cool to be able to do that. You know, so when you're a starting machinist, you're, like, looking at those guys, like, oh, man, they're wizards. They're awesome. It's amazing. So uh, it interests me, right? Sure. And so that, that kind of got me back into, oh, you know, I, I like making machines and things do things by, you know, telling them what to do in a program. It's kind of cool. Like, that's where it started. So come back uh, to Oklahoma, man, because you know, our first son was born. Come back cold, too cold for babies, and bounce around. We'll come back to Tulsa, and we just bounced around a little bit. I was an electrician for a couple of years. Like, man, we I did a lot of different things. And then... Um, a jack of all trades, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then ended up moving back to Kansas, back to Wichita. Got back into machinery, um, and man, then just some, some stuff happened. How old are and you at this point, by the way? I am thir- oh, at that point. At that point. At that point, I was twenty-eight. That's a lot of life experience for twenty-eight, dude. I moved. <laughs> I moved like sixteen times from the time I was born until I was thirteen. Like wow. California, Colorado, Texas. 
Louisiana, like my that, and I I feel like my nomadic part of my spirit is, is I blame it on my biological father, man, because that's how you know he would just wake you up at three o'clock in the morning and be like, get your, get your shit in the bag, we gotta go, man, we gotta go put put whatever you can put in the trash bag, we gotta go, you know, and you're eight years old, <laughs> you're like he he just say stuff like they're after us, you know, we get in the car, dude, and just take <laughs> off like three states away and live in hotels, because my dad my dad was a hundred percent disabled, service connected, so he, he got money, you know, he was getting like five grand a month, forty five hundred a month back then. So he could do. He didn't have to be anywhere. You know, he'd just be anywhere. So he did. Yeah. But uh, no, man. Yeah, twenty-eight. Doing that, things kind of got out of control again with the life. I made some really terrible personal choices, and uh, you know how that goes. Uh, I'm not saying that you know uh, for the record. <laughs> not that Mike has made terrible life choices. <laughs> I've, I've I've made a few that I wouldn't do again. Yeah. Yeah. I've made some really bad ones. Um, <laughs> But moved to Tennessee with uh, uh, my cousin, who I grew up with. I kind of consider him my brother. And uh, literally, like, rural Tennessee, like, farm, Parsons, Tennessee, where I operated a tractor, I baled hay and, you know, kind of did some things that that I did when I was in high school for eight months, man. Just kind of a hard reset and uh, away from everybody, phones, everything. It It was cool. It was, it sucked in, like, when I was starting it, but... Man, I needed it. I needed it. Mm. it. It totally reset my life and got me like got me clear of everything that had me foggy and you know just made me step back and be like, I'm totally turning into my father. What a douchebag! Like I said, I would never do that. Mm. You know, mm. and and so um, we, I was there for about eight months, and then you know it was me, and my wife. At this time, I had my two boys. By this time, and Sarah was pregnant with our third child, Miriam, and we were all living in my brother's house for eight months. So there was like nine people in a two-bedroom house, and uh, tensions were rising, right? <laughs> so so we moved back. As expected. We moved back to Tulsa, and um, my brother, my brother's, I love Darren, I love you to death, man, but he's like one of these like get-rich-quick guys. Like, he's in the shape he's in now because he's always bouncing and bouncing, and, 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 and uh, um, not that he's in bad shape. He, he's in he's in good shape. But like, and I love you, buddy. But he's the guy. Like he'll come and visit you at Christmas, and then he'll he'll come get be like, hey, everybody, I I, just, I got something I want to say to everybody. Like everybody knows, like, oh god, we're about to go into like a tailwind speech here. It's gonna be like uh, timeshare in Branson or something. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and uh, and that's what it is. So he got me into like buying these coins, like preserve your wealth, like rare coins. And then at the end of it, it was like, dude, a buck, buying these coins for 100 bucks a month, they're worth like 75 this, oh, is, no. not a, this is not a good investment, bro. Oh, no. This is not a good investment. So uh, <laughs> so I took all those, sold them, and we moved back here. And I moved back in with my biological brother, my little brother, Jeremy, who lives here in Sapalpa. He had a three-bedroom house by himself. And so he was like, dude, come on, man. Come move in with me. Uh, you can stay with me until you get on your feet, blah, blah, blah. He's like, I have nobody living with me. And he was having some health problems at the time. Uh, we didn't know he had, had he had MS yet, but he was just, he had wrecked like three cars in a year. Um, he got diagnosed while we were there. So he was like, you know, can you help me? Because, man, sometimes I like, I can't walk really well. You know, so it was a mm, mutual thing. Wow. Um, so literally, I moved back here. I'm looking for work. I see an ad in Craigslist for Redhead Labs. 
and they're wanting to hire like an assistant or a secretary or something. Um, it was a secretary. It was. It was. It was like Kelly. You remember Kelly, her position? Yeah. It's like that. And so I've always been really good with words, and I've always been really good at. Um, my wife would say being manipulative, but I would say being a salesman. <laughs> <laughs> Selling yourself. <laughs> so. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, but yeah, so I crafted an email, sent it off to her, and I didn't know it was her at the time. And man, they replied like an hour later, like, hey, we'd love to meet you, you know, come in and, ch- and uh, let's have an interview. And so, you know, her name was in the footer of the email and all that. So, I mean, I'm a smart guy. I'm going to go look up everything I can about this company and this lady. So I Google Roseanne at the time, Frazier. And first thing pops up is former Miss Oklahoma. And I'm like, oh, shoot, she looks really nice. I need to, I need to, I need to, I got to do something when I go out there. Because you you look at somebody that's like in a pageant and you're thinking, okay, they're very judgmental, right? Like, you know I mean? That's my impression. Like when I, if I look at a picture and she's like, oh yeah, she's, she's been in all the Miss USAs. I'm thinking like you're very judgmental on appearance. That's just what I think. I was wrong in this case, right? So, um, but I did, I went on the website, looked at everything, and I saw that she had a comment in there like a connoisseur of cookies or something, right? And so, um, remember, I haven't touched web or anything since college, you know, years before. And I was like, well, you know, I can get my foot in the door because I've done that everywhere. I've always started off as like a material handler or whatever go for whatever and just work my way up like I was very comfortable with that but like I knew how to do it I, you know get in there bust your butt you know show up on time work harder than everybody be you know try to be you know ask lots of questions people think that you have to be the smartest person like I'm gonna give a little advice here um a little life advice people think that you have to be the smartest person or appear like you're the smartest no it's absolutely the furthest from the truth what you have to do is appear like you're paying the most attention and that you're the hungriest and you do that through asking intelligent questions ask tons of questions not the same question over and over again you know that whole thing of there is no stupid question we all say that we all don't mean that there's absolutely we think there's everybody knows there's a few stupid questions there right some, yeah, there's definitely yeah. stupid questions but if you get in there and listen and see, and you look for like whatever situation you're in if, if it's with relationships family business your career whatever church whatever dude um if you listen and try to find a pain point and try to see where things can be improved and start asking questions about that. Like, hey, have you guys tried? Then something will fire in that person's brain like, oh, man, they're paying attention. Or, oh, you'll, you'll plant a seed. And it works. It really does. I promise you. So, um, so fast forward, interview. Well, that's some good advice. Yeah, yeah. I'm telling you, man. Do it. Do it. It really works. Um, so I get to the, I get to the interview. I went and bought some cookies, like some really nice expensive cookies. I'm like, I'm going to knock it out of the park. She said she's a connoisseur of cookies. Brought some cookies mm. to interview. Boom, got it. So I get there, and you know, um, she brings me into her office, and, and Phil answers the door, brings me into her office. And uh, you remember how weird Phil oh, – did you ever meet Phil? I don't think I ever met Thank God, he was weird. Dude would eat salted anchovies all day at his desk. What? Just, oh, God, it stunk so bad. <laughs> salsa. Anyway, salted anchovies, bro. Oh, I thought you said salsa salted. No, and anchovies. He would keep he would a just bag eat. of dried salted anchovies right next to me, bro. It just smelled like a, <laughs> like, a, like a cannery, like a tuna cannery in there. It was terrible. But anyway, um, so I get in there. 
And uh, I plop those things down on her desk, all proud, like, you know, paying attention. And she just gives me a really weird look. Like, okay. And she slides them out of the way, doesn't even pay me any tip, doesn't even say thank you. <laughs> and I was like, Roseanne. I was like, what the hell? So we sat down and had the interview. And, you know, she's asking lots of questions. And I, I, I give her kind of my little spiel, my little story. Like, you know, I, I, knew, I knew I didn't have experience. But reading all about her and like going, I, I could tell that she was a heart person. So I knew that if I could appeal to her emotion that, hey, I don't know everything, but man, I really, really want this and I will do whatever it takes to get this, right? To make you happy, to, to you know, make it work and, <clears throat> excuse me, you know, make it easier for you in the long run because you seem like you're under a lot of pressure, like you need some assistance. Excuse me. And, um, so I did, and it was working, eating in her hand. Then she brings Russ, her husband, in, uh, her husband at the time. And he's not feeling me at all. I could tell. <laughs> like, he's, he's not feeling it at all. And he's like, well, I tell you what. He's like, I re- you know, you're going to have to do a lot of writing. You're going to have to do a lot of emailing, you know, in this position. I want to see how you write. And, you know, Roseanne was like, oh, he can write. Look at the email that he sent in. And he's like, well, do this. Go home. And tell me, you know, in four or five paragraphs, you know, why I should hire you. And I was like, okay, sure, I can do that. I can do that. I always hate those kind of things. Like, tell me why you think your weaknesses are your weaknesses. Like, you know, yeah, like, yeah. like, I hate that. Like, I no, I'm not going to focus on my weaknesses. I'm really badass at this and this. I'm not talking about, you know. I like to talk too much. I'm not gonna. <laughs> we're not gonna talk about the negatives, all right, man. I'm not. I'm not that kind of a person. But uh, so I go home and, dude, I wrote like this beautiful thing, man. Like I finished it up with like, look, imagine six months down from the road, because she, she, had, Roseanne had divulged a lot in that interview how like they couldn't go on vacations. They were working like 12, 14 hour days. They just had no time for their kids or anything, right? Mm. So I crafted a perfect counter argument to that. I was like, uh, man, you know, imagine you give, you take a, you know, you took a, you're taking a chance on this guy who maybe maybe not look the best on paper, but fast forward six months, you and your wife are taking the kids on a week long vacation because you have somebody in the office that can, you know, handle everything. You're not even worried about what's going on. Clients are getting dealt with, invoices are getting paid, and you're able to relax and breathe. You know, I can do that for you in six months. And like ten minutes later, like boom, you're hired. Can you start Monday? Really? Wow! <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah. yeah. And so when I got hired, I asked her. I was like, you know, it says that you're a cookie lover. I'm just really surprised that the cookies didn't like phase you in the interview. And she was like, Is that why you brought me cookies? She's <laughs> like, I didn't even know that was on the website. So somebody else had wrote that. I'm like, Oh, oh that's hilarious. setting people up for failure. <laughs> but man, no, that's okay. So we took a really long path to answer that first question. Sorry, man. But that is how I got into web development. I got that job as a secretary. I was secretary for three days. And then she made me a project manager because um, they, man, I mean, they went through project managers even after that. Dude, I was the only project manager that stayed there that long that I, I don't think she's had one stay. I know she hasn't had one that stayed five or six years. I, don't, I think the longest she's ever had one stay was almost two. Mm. I mean, they just burned through them. And it's a tough position. It's not easy because you don't, you don't get any glory and you get all the heat when things go wrong, right? 
So. Oh yeah, I was there to witness you being yelled at for things that weren't your fault plenty of times. You were there when I got called a sexist pig. Yeah, yeah, yeah. just yeah. Which God. you know, Roseanne herself came in. I remember that on that speakerphone call, she came in whenever she said that, and yeah. Roseanne was like, "Um, you're not playing that. You know, right, no, like, that's that was... not Brad Dennis." <laughs> <laughs> I remember that. Man, I just remember that after that call, I went out of my way to be overly chivalrous because you know those kind of people hate man chivalry. Like, they don't like to be called ma'am or for you to hold the door open for them or anything like that. You know what I mean? Like, the people who fake that you're a sexist, right? Right. I'm not, okay, you're going to get a bunch of emails. Not everybody's that way. I'm pigeonholing here. But this particular personality type. So, I just went out, yes, ma'am. Yeah. <laughs> I, just, <laughs> I went out of my way to <laughs> just poke prod that a little bit. But, uh, <laughs> but no, man, that's how I, I became project manager. And Seth and Phil and Andy, we were all in one cubicle then. And, man, I just, I was like, this is it, dude. This is how I'm going to learn everything I need. Because I knew I could do it. I knew I could, it's a way, like, I could make some decent money on the side. I've always known that because, you know, my brother's, you know, he got into network administrator, uh, systems analysis and all that kind of stuff. But they hang out in those circles. You know, he had web developer friends. And I can remember them like, oh, yeah, man, you know, I got this $15,000 project on the side. And so I knew the potential to make money was there. And um, I got in and I liked it. Like, I loved it. I loved it. Loved web development. Loved web design. Um, I'm a very creative person already, you know, man. I play a lot of music and, and draw. And, and, you know, make, like I'm very creative. Like I always... Um, always have been that way even since a kid like it just kind of helped you know help you escape the harshness and of life sometimes you'd be able to express yourself through all those outlets um uh, but in that era that we grew up in you know we're, we're the la- i'm 35 years old so i'm like on that fringe on that tail end of you know playing guitar ain't gonna do nothing for you boy you know you need to get in that factory you know that's that's literally my dad you know you you, you need to go get a, a blue collar job and, and spend your 30 years there and pray that you get a retirement like i'm the last of that class right and so i actually have always felt pretty worthless growing up like i had issues with that man and, and it could still get me down if i let it because um you know, kids are so lucky. I say kids, but man, people really don't realize like the opportunities and things they have now. Like you could totally say like, I'm going to blog about beauty, makeup and tips and be successful. And nobody's going to laugh at you because that's a viable thing now. But, but man, back when I was, it was, you were a free, like the word entrepreneur was your freeload. Oh, you're just going to hang around and get the free continental breakfast at the hotels (laughs) downtown. (laughs) You know, you were, you were looked at as a bum. And it's not that way anymore. Now it's a little more glorious, a little more glamorous. But, uh, yeah, that's how I learned web development. I got in there, and I, I that first year I worked at Redhead Labs, um, you know, I became really good at a project manager at facilitating all the needs of, of projects and addressing bottlenecks and all that. But at night, weekends, and, and you know, up till 2, 3 a.m., I was, you know, logging into our systems and, and looking at our clients at our copy. I was learning how to do that in my free time and I did man I, I I poured my heart and soul into it it wasn't there like some sort of service that you use like treehouse because I think treehouse was something you'd recommend that me I, I was bought, doing them that's something that I came across yeah and I still pay for treehouse it's 25 bucks a month and 
the full disclosure here, this is I'm not an affiliate of Treehouse. No, I wish I was. <laughs> yeah, click, Treehouse. Click if, you'd, my link. if you'd like to advertise in the podcast, then I will. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> right, but I'll plug you in Ryan here. Carson. Great. Come on, man. Come to Oklahoma. We'll hook you up. It's just because uh, it's you know they have like video lessons for. I've talked to him on Instagram. Do. Oh really? Yeah, yeah oh, he's nice. a super cool dude. Yeah, I know I feel popular because I he has to talk to me a couple <laughs> times. But uh, um, no, yeah, Treehouse is amazing, man. And in fact, you know, I've talked to my wife about because they they do cool things like um, you know Ryan Carson's whole shtick is you shouldn't have to spend a hundred thousand dollars to become educated enough to be a web developer, and mm-hmm. that's why you know twenty five bucks a month you got access to all. Man, and they've added they add so much, dude, every month. But, like they have full on Android and iOS development now, Ruby on Rails, Python, um, uh, Swift. Uh, I mean, you can literally, and you know, they have the whole library. But they're the first ones that like they'll go through and take all, like they'll go through and take all the JavaScript courses and like put it into a track, like bec- you know, become a JavaScript JavaScript master, and they put it in the order that you should take all their courses that they have in there and then they'll piece that with cms css html and design principles and say hey become a front-end web a full-stack front-end web designer and you know it's like 52 hours of training Mm -hmm. but you go through that man take your test and by the end you'll know enough to go and and be employed i mean you're not going to be a webmaster wizard at everything but you'll know enough to get a job and then they have uh something they started recently they have a tech program it's two hundred dollars a month but they actually give you this tech degree quote unquote and so like by that by itself that doesn't mean anything but what ryan has done is he has built a pool of companies worldwide that he that they're adding to every month that give anybody who graduates from his program with a tech degree a leg up on in the interview process Okay, so it's basically so he's built up enough of a reputation that yes. he's gotten some companies to like partner with him. He can find you a job if okay. you go through his technical course. Which I th- and these jobs are like, these aren't like Oklahoma. You know, Oklahoma is so, I'm just going to say it's stupid when it comes to how they treat their, their tech, you know, their software side guys. Because you'll see ads here and they're like, um, you know, we're looking for, uh, I don't know why I keep leaning closer to this. You notice that? Like, no, that's a, Hey, that's where you, dude, normally I'm having to battle people getting them to get closer to the microphone. So yeah. <laughs> <I'm gonna go. laughs> um, but, uh, uh, you know, you, you'll see these ads where it's like, Hey, we're looking for a, a cobalt developer, which cobalt is ancient. Like anybody who can develop in cobalt is making 180 grand. Cause that like, you know, nobody knows that. And we're looking for a Cobalt developer who's also proficient in JavaScript, Python, Ruby on Rails, knows Laravel like the back of their hand, and can develop iOS, blah, 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 blah. And it's like, you're wanting a master in all of those disciplines. That's like a $200,000 a year person. And they're trying to And make they'll be like, you know, starting pay is 35000 Yeah. No, I've seen those ads. I've and you're like, them. what? No. <laughs> no. Like, I, you know what? I respond. Must have five plus years of web development experience. Mm blood sample and you must be able to pass yeah yeah i go out of my way to respond to every one of those i do because whoever plays it like the people need to know like you, you i mean like i get it you're trying to get the most bang for your buck but man take care of your people like any any the if you truly want somebody like that like you need somebody like that a quality person you're not going to get them with that offer nope it's not happening 
It's not happening. Anybody who hoodwinks you, what you're going to get is the people that are like, okay, they're desperate, I'm desperate. Yes, I can do all that. And they may go in there and pull it off, but they're going to get bitter, man. You're going to get bitter, and you're going to end up like... In a terrible relationship with them, they might steal half your code base, crash your. You know, I've seen craziness happen. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah. <laughs> they moved back. What? That person moved back. To Redhead? Uh-uh. What? Oh. It's awesome. Oh. Yeah. 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 But <laughs> no, but, but uh, um. But yeah, anyway. <laughs> You edit that out later, right? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, but man, that's no. that's how I that's how I got into web development, man. I hit it hard, fell in love with it, and then you know, the series of events that happened at the company, you know, kinda workforce got down. Um, you know, let go of a lot of people, a lot of good people. What was it that inspired you to be like, It's time, it's time to do my own thing? Because you're doing your own thing now. BS media. You remember the series of events that happened with you? Yeah. Kind of same thing. Oh. Like that helped push. Like, like I don't want to say too much, but they got to. <laughs> I don't know. I don't, I don't want to start any drama. I don't know. Uh, no, I don't know well, what no, you're getting gonna, into. <laughs> I'm just going to say that, you know, it got to a point to where like a veil was lifted off of me. And I was like. Yeah, that's not really right. And I felt really bad. And then it was a little resentment, you know. Like, you know where Darth Vader comes back to the, back to the good side, right? Okay, yeah. Right. right that's, 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 I've told, that's how I, exactly how I felt. You felt like Darth Vader. Dude, I did, Okay. Real. All right. I did. <laughs> I did. Does that make sense? No, I get what you're saying. Yeah. It was just like, uh, of all the examples to pull, you, you felt like Darth Vader. I thought that was... <laughs> oh, you got your <laughs> Vader tattoo on your wrist. Okay, all right. <laughs> Actually, that was... Dude, my sister called me last May the 4th and was like, I want to get my first tattoo, but I don't want to get one by myself. I'll pay for yours if you go with me. And I was like, okay, cool. And so I went there, and I was like, what is the most complicated one they'll do for 40 bucks? Because I'm a tattoo guy. Right. And I was like, sweet. So when I went back to the guy, I was like, oh, that's a $75 tattoo. And I was like, dude, your board says 40 He was like, somebody needs to change the price on that. Like, he was mad. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. That's funny. It turned out good. That is. That is pretty good. But now I need something Star Wars over here to balance. Okay. you got to balance out the force, man. Right. You only got the, right. I need you only got the dark side. Yeah. So, all right, so, like, what was your first, I mean, what was your first client, like, you know? I mean, I guess maybe they don't want to be put on, I don't know. No, yeah, we can talk client. about it. No, we're good. I mean, some of them I can't. Um, uh, but my very first client, well, okay, so you got to think, um, I started BS Media, like, a good year and a half, two years before I left Redhead. Okay. And uh, I was just doing things. That wasn't comp- like Redhead is you know, big e-commerce, right? You know, big commerce, mainly big commerce. They build, we, you know, we built a lot of big commerce stores there. Right. Um, only there towards the end of they start getting into the local work and you know more in WordPress and stuff like that. But so I would do like I would get on like Fiverr and Upwork and you know Craigslist and look for people that were 
needing help, and I didn't have hardly any success there. Don't don't try to compete in Upwork. Any of you freelancers out there, Upwork, Fiverr, all, they just devalue your services. They're crap. You get on there and you'll feel really defeated and you'll feel terrible because it's like Raj from the other side of the world. Well, yeah, I know it's been taken. Build the database you know, for thirty cents. You know, it's yeah because the money goes farther over there, right? And so they can afford to you know charge. What, yeah, that's what I've heard. That's but what I've heard. Any, anybody out there who's really struggling with that, dude, email me Brandon at bsmediaco.com. I'll hook you up with a perfect counter pitch for that. How to? I, I've developed a series of, of um, arguments and rebuttals <laughs> that can really because there's some hard truths there. There's some really there's some hard truths. I have fixed more. Um, I have fixed more with clients that have outsourced their work to offshore developers than I have not. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah. A lot of, well, because, I mean, that, that seems to happen. That's kind of what you hear a lot of in any sort of contracting business is, uh, yeah, no, I, I think I'm just going to go with the cheap guy. And then, you know, the cheap guy finishes or doesn't finish, and you go, oh, God, it's worse than before I started. Right. And now I have to pay even more to have the good quality guy who right. I was afraid of paying. Right. Now right. he has to come in and clean up the mess. Exactly. That, that, yeah, that's exactly. Very, and so it leaves you, it leaves the client with a super bitter taste in their mouth, right? Yeah. Because not only they got the gosh dang it, I knew better. I was told better. Mm-hmm. I tried mm-hmm. to go cheap, and now it's gonna even cost me even more. So. It's almost as it's almost as like uh, bad as a mistake of on the other side of, yeah, I'm gonna do this work for free, for exposure. Right. Can you believe I fell for that? Like, I've heard so many things. I've heard so many warnings about don't do things for free, charge for your services, even if you have no experience. Right. And yeah, I me mean, and a friend get, started like, a business and uh, ended I'm, up doing a couple gigs for exposure that lasted for months and kept having revisions. And it was like, oh my God, what have I done? Right. Yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> and of course, we got zero exposure out of it. That's always how it works. Did. Oh, I have so many people that need yeah. what you're doing right. and I'll tell them all. Right. right. And no, that Dude, never Dude, I'll happens. put them on blast. I put them on blast. Like, there's a fine line be- be- between airing your laundry out in public. But then, like, man, like... Like, the reason why I named my company BS Media Co. Other than that your name is Brandon Still. Other than my name is Brandon Still, because <laughs> I just thought it was cool, <laughs> is that there is so much BS in our industry on both sides of the coin. There's a lot of BS in that there's terrible developers and designers out there. There's a lot of BS in that there's a terrible clients out there. Mm. That's why I'm actually, man, I'm fixing to launch a Facebook Live series. I've been working on it for a couple of weeks. Cool. Um, yeah, just to gain exposure on Facebook. Um, and, and I'm going to start doing a lot more work. Like, I'm in the process of getting my teeth fixed, bro. Oh. Like, I'm going to have a beautiful smile here in a few months. All right. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm going to hit it hardcore when that happens. But um, I'm going to do, like, all kinds of series. Like, my first series I'm doing is, like, how to be a good client. And it's not what you think. Like, everybody's like, oh, man, nobody's going to want you to hear and berate them. That's not what it is at all. It's how to be a good client. In a way that helps you know what to look for in looking for good quality developers and designers. I'm going to be talking about the relationship between the two. Because it yeah. is. It's a relationship. And it's a partnership. It's a, it's a, it's a I've got my nine to go on the quest for the ring. It really is, man. Because you're going to yeah. do some battle. And, uh, you know... I think I think it would be really really cool and really really good. I I 
I hope a lot of people check it out because, man, I'll there's check it out. yeah, I know you will, buddy. Um, <laughs> but there's a lot of you know, going back to the whole working for free thing. Yeah, the other thing that I that I love is. Um, and I see, I get a lot of work from Facebook. I get a lot of work from Facebook. Like hmm. I'm in the ClickFunnels group. I'm in uh, some Divi groups. Uh, I'm in a bunch of social media management groups, man. And I get a ton of work. Rachel Peterson. Rachel Peterson. Yep. Yeah. Shout out. She's awesome. If you want to learn how to do social media management and how to seriously like get paid 500 bucks per month for a platform for posting on Facebook like two times a day or once a day, whatever. If you want to learn how to do that, she has a it's a like dollar for seven days, man. Seriously, yeah. you go sign. It's joinsmu.com. Go check her out. You get access to her. the The, the course is awesome. Uh, lots. Of, I mean, she gives you templates like how to pitch, like literally like copy and paste, how to write email pitches. Uh, how to find businesses on LinkedIn, blah, 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 blah. But she also gives you a lot of training on how to be a social media manager on platform-specific you know, training. But she gives you access to her private Facebook group, um, which is amazing. There's like 1,100 people in there, and they're all social media managers. That's what they do. And like I'd say 100, there's probably about 100 of them in there that are doing six and seven figures a year. Mm. And, man, there's, the group is amazing, helpful, no belittling. No, it's nothing belligerent in there. Oh, it's I just mean, all tips and advice. Dude, People amazing. just post, like, a question. Hey, so my clients, yeah. I'm having trouble with my clients, you know, da 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 And then you yeah. get, like, 15 people on there all like you know yeah giving yeah, different advice absolutely. and like well actually you know yeah no it's, yeah, it's amazing it's pretty it cool. really is uh, I, we should I, be getting paid for this episode by the way with man, how many we things we're plugging so many we've people. blocked so many, we we dropped have. so many plugs we should do this again <laughs> but let me line out uh, let me line up all the affiliates after you get after you're getting like ten thousand hits to the website a month right right Dude, mm-hmm. like, uh, seriously, seriously i need to be seriously. i need to be more involved in rachel peterson to get it out there but um yeah, but yeah, but the whole I kind of got out there. One more thing before we go on your next question or end it, um, you know, when people say, "I'm going to give you a portion of my company to do work," I love that one. I love that. You know, uh, hey, I'm looking for. I, we're a startup. We don't have much money now, but you know, for the right person, we're looking to do you know equity in the company for the work. So that sounds cool, right? Like, oh yeah, cool, man. I get like thirty percent shares. Awesome. Okay, so I love bursting people's bubbles on this one. I'm not about to show you anything. I was just about to get some okay. chewing tobacco for later. All right. cool. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was like, anything, you're about to blow my mind. Pull something out of your bag. cool in here. <laughs> Check out this. <laughs> but no, uh, so, so, you know, basically, okay, I'm going to do some work for you. You're going to give me shares and you're, you're going to give me stock in your company. Well, that stock is not worth anything. Unless you become an IPO. Mm-hmm. Do you know what the, uh, the statistics are for a startup company becoming an IPO, becoming a publicly traded company? No. You have a better chance of getting hit by lightning. Really? Yeah. Wow. Ooh, Alibaba just became an IPO like two, three years ago. They've been out forever. I mean, oh, wow. It, it's hard. It's hard. It's okay. Not only a publicly traded company, but a profitable traded company <laughs> yeah that's true no i'm serious okay no, hey, think about this think about this a uh, canva canva is a really popular little photoshop app on your phone mm-hmm. like you know you can make they're valuated at uh i haven't looked at the numbers so i could be wrong here but just go google it the, the what i'm about the principle is right but I, I don't know actual numbers but i think they were evaluated at like just under a billion or right at a billion there was some crazy high number but 
they recorded a loss of like twenty five million last year. Oh wow! Right, so they're not profitable. So if you have stock in that company, it's not worth anything yet. Even though they're a big Silicon Valley based, right? Uh, you know, right? Because they're not pro- because their balance sheet, you know, mm-hmm. the numbers aren't in the black; they're in the red. Netflix just dealt with that. Right. Netflix is right. A lot of companies do, man. There are a ton of huge companies that aren't cash flow positive yet. Yeah. And so, I mean, you know, when you tell me, okay, and even if even if you get to a point where the shares are profitable, you have to be really on your game and on your toes because they could give you, you know, there's certain types of stocks and certain types of options on those. Like you got to get a lawyer to make sure that you're not getting jacked. I never take that work ever, never. I, do, I haven't even heard of that. I, oh, heard, dude, I didn't know people, how common that was. People do it all the time, and they think, and what's so terrible is I always take the opportunity to stop and educate people when they're like, because people get flooded, like in ClickFunnels, in the ClickFunnels Facebook group, people yeah. are all the time like, man, we got a million dollar ideal. We don't have a lot of money, but if a developer will build up this app for us, you know, we'll give you a significant share of equity in the company. And it's like, okay. It's going to take 100 to 200 hours to build your app. And you're going to give me equity in your non-publicly traded company that may or may not be profitable in the next four to five years. And also that's just hilarious to me because it's like I have this great idea that's just in my brain. Yeah, I have no investors. knowledge or skills or anything right. to how to, right. how to develop so, it. I want you to do all the back work. Right. So <laughs> as, as, a, as a freelancer, guys, as a developer, designer, whatever, the, the flags that you have to be thinking, you, you have to look at people and the way they're spending their words, right? So if you've got this million-dollar idea, like truly, like, hey, guys, this could be a game changer. I seriously just don't have the capital to get it built. That is completely okay. There's lots of situations like that. That's understandable. It takes a lot of money to get things started, to get your ideal from concept to prototype to, you know, uh, to production. Um, it, you know, there's money. There's costs associated with that. Um, but if it's a great idea, get off your ass, quit being lazy, and go seek funding. You know, um, Jeff Bezos, Amazon. You know, there was a point in time where he had that he needed a million dollars, another million dollars to get it to the next point. And I think he went, I think he went around and it was like 100, 200 people that he went and pitched before he got 20 people to say yes to, um, you know, the 25,000 or whatever to get his million. But, you know, he's like, I did that for, you know, a year, maybe six months. He's like, it's all every day. I was just pitch, 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 pitch. So when you're telling me, like, hey, I've got a great idea, don't have money, I haven't taken any time to put a slide deck, pitch deck together and go get funding. I just want you to build this for me and see. So it tells me you don't know anything about marketing. You don't know how to market yourself because you don't know how to pitch to go get money to, to fund this thing. So it should be a lot of red flags, right? Okay. Like you're just trying to get some free work and get this thing built. And then go put the cart before the horse. Like you can totally get funding for your ideas if you're good at crafting your pitch. Yeah. You know, if you, if I can come to Mark Cuban and say, Mark, there's a need in this market. This market is you know 450 million strong. There's this horrible pain point, but 
nobody's doing anything to serve that pain point. And if I can eloquently show him how my solution can bridge that gap from huge market with a pain point to huge market that's happy and solved and paying, guess what Mark's going to do? He's going to fund that. That's what Shark Tank is. He's going to fund it. That's what Shark Tank is. Now, you just got to make sure they're not, you know, raking you over the coals. But uh, that's how that works. So where can people find you on, like, if they want to hire you or learn more information or, you know, or, I mean, are you you at a point where you're – Hot contracting out and subcontracting any of your work. Yep. Are you really you, you're so you kind of have a little bit of employees yep. going on right yep. now? There's a guy I pay a thousand dollars a month right now to, to do some stuff for me. Really? Mm-hmm. That's cool. You know the guy. Oh, okay. Do, do you want? I mean, nah, I'm okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, um, cool. So, how would people get in touch with you? Yeah. Um, well, you know, find me on the website, you know, bsmediaco.com. Uh, you can email me at brandon at bsmediaco.com uh, or on Facebook. You know, I'm on Facebook all the time. So, uh, you know, just look up facebook.com forward slash bsmediacompany. Uh, facebook.com forward slash bsmediacompany is a link to my Facebook business page. All right. And then I'm sure you've got plenty of reviews from satisfied customers. Ah, yeah. yeah. I've got, oh, so yeah. I got a lot of good reviews on there and a link that I need to, I need to do, but I've got to work better on, uh, getting implementing. To... Well, implement, I need some automation. So I don't have to think about it. Oh, okay. It's some okay. automation. Like after I you know, send the email, it's like, Hey, you know, the project was amazing. So glad you're happy with anything. And just like, if you would go be some, you know, I need to put it like in a signature or something. Absolutely. Well, man. You so, know, what about you, though, man? For all of you, how's how's this been going? How long have you been doing the podcast? October. Really? Yeah, been doing it just since October. Um, the episodes were, you know, much more spaced apart, but I've got a little bit more time on my hands, and I've been trying to do them more often. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. You just been, had an episode with Kelly. Uh, not not recently. Yeah. <laughs> I, talk, I talked to her like a year ago. Or not? No, it has been a year. Good lord, a year ago. We talked like back in October, or whatever. But I've just been so busy. Yeah. Um, yeah, Neil. You know, uh, there still could be together. something there. We should. We should. We should all get together. Have some coffee. Maybe here at CTX. Yeah, this is a pretty nice place. It is cool. Well, I appreciate your time. I appreciate you coming on. Hey man, it's thanks been real for fun. Me, You've dude. kind of defined self-made man, building yourself up a little bit. You sort of, uh, yeah, that that's what you sexy, did. sexy, doesn't it? I don't oh, feel yeah. sexy, but it's <laughs> self-made man. Oh, yeah. <laughs> man, thanks for having me. It's been a blast. Of course. And that wraps it up for this episode of Tulsa Lately. Hope you all enjoyed that one. Once again, he's Brandon Still with BS Media Co. on Instagram and Facebook. And I hope you were inspired to maybe uh, see if there's something you could do online. Because that's the thing, is that we talk so much about the negatives of social media, being addicted to our phones, everything like that. And it's easy to gloss over all the positives that come with this new online world. There are so many opportunities and so many free resources to learn from online that if you look for it and you're willing to put in the time to learn what you're doing, there are some serious opportunities to make some serious income. So feel free to message me or Brandon if you have any questions about any of that. But as always... Follow me on social media as well if you aren't already. Facebook and Instagram is primarily where I do things. Also got that little Patreon up. And of course, TulsaLately.com. You can find all past episodes. 
And make sure to subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, and all the other important podcast places. So coming down the pipeline, I am going to be speaking with the owner of the Boulevard Trash venue and store and everything. They, it's, they've been a staple in the punk community in Tulsa for a long time. I'm really excited to talk about them. I, I used to go to shows there and stuff back whenever they used to have them. So this should be fun. And then I'm also going to be speaking to someone that has a custom gun coating and wrapping business. I know, right? It's it's pretty cool. Yeah, no, you look on their Instagram and you see all sorts of crazy designs and just all sorts of things that they can do. I don't know. I thought it looked interesting and I feel like it's going to be so both those coming down the pipeline here in the near future. But I guess that wraps it up. So I'll see y'all around.